Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Opinions, the panel. Ten twenty-two. Uh, Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side. Proudly bringing you mornings with us. Smithy McIver in here at the moment. And it's time to go to the panel. Two of my good friends, Andrew Gordy. Good morning. Morning, Mac. How are you? I'm good. And my old mate over there living it up large in the bay, Sam Ackerman. Very good morning to you both. Oh, okay. So you, you, you do the both thing, rather. I'm talking directly to you. Don't yeah, well, say I, like, you see, uh, so you hadn't, intro- you hadn't in- introduced me to Andrew, so he couldn't say hi to me, and I'm just being polite and saying hi to both of you. It's called manners, Stephen. I'll, I'll send you a cat. Mate, Gordy, he's, he, sounds like he's, he's, he sounds like he's ready for middle management already, right? Uh, let's, okay, hello, lads. Uh, let's, there's lots to talk about. What was that? Maybe we'll cut out the middle man. Maybe Sam and I should just have a chat. What do you reckon? Well, since I have COVID and I'm sitting at home trying to do this show, um, yeah, fine, fire away. Let's start with the PGA Championship. No Phil Mickelson. Uh, not going to defend his championship on the back, probably, of all his dealings with the Saudi group. Uh, what do you make of this? Gordy, you can go first. Uh, what do I make of it? I'm kind of pleased that he's not there. I think anyone who's involved in this uh, or, or pushing for this uh, rebel tour, I suppose. I think the PGA Tour is right to take a hard line on it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to miss Phil Mickelson. If, if that's his attitude and if that's, if that's where, especially after everything that this tour, I suppose, has given him over the years, the PGA Tour I'm talking about, you know, this, yeah. is, a, this is one of the, one of the greats of the tour, multiple major winner, um, and now he's looking to turn his back on it. Uh, it doesn't feel right to me, so... I'm certainly not going to miss the defending champion, put it that way. Yeah. Sammy? I am. I thought it would have been great drama for him to be there, um, and it would have been a really interesting week in that front. But I also think that um, Phil Mickelson, and he's gone through, uh, you know, and come through a lot in his golfing career, I actually don't think he'd be mentally, mentally strong enough to handle this week. As the uh, pressure will come on every in every which way, he did to bite his tongue, which he's proven he's not great at doing uh, over the last little while. Much like me, he's become a grumpy old man who's ready to fire from the hip. Uh, but he's, uh, I, I love the dig from Tiger about, for me, it's, you know, golf is about legacy. Everyone can have their own opinions. He says he hasn't reached out to uh, Phil Mickelson. And remember, these guys had some profitable uh, one-on-one games when Tiger was in his uh, throes of of the comeback and not quite at tournament golf level to try to make some money off uh, their, uh, their rivalries. He hasn't reached out because uh, for him it's about legacy. It's about how you uh, rank with the best in the game, not uh, how much money you can make along the way. So some very subtle digs along the way, uh, and I don't think that the stoush is anywhere near from finishing. Um, do you think we've seen the best of Tiger? 
Yes, I, I don't think we'll see better than what we've seen of Tiger, um, and I, I think that he will um, be capable of being competitive again. And I, I wouldn't rule out—I'd never say that someone like Tiger Woods could never win another major or, or uh, anything like that. But I think that we won't be saying uh, anywhere down the line that uh, we are now watching the peak of Tiger Woods. You know, Gordy, when you think about it, you know, <clears throat> and, and the PGA know that when Tiger's playing, their ratings go through the roof. But it does tell a lot about the lack of personality on the tour when there's no when he's not around, eh? Oh, absolutely, without question. And <laughs> I mean, we love it, don't we? It's great for great for people like us who have, I suppose, grown up and yeah. watched Tiger Woods go from winning his first major right through right through to now. We've been through his journey, I suppose. Um, but anyone who's new to the sport, I wonder if they feel the same way about Tiger Woods, whether they actually would like to see uh, one or a number of the, the younger players on tour. And some of them have really started to emerge in recent years, you would have to say. But he is still the draw card, isn't he? People still want to see Tiger Woods. Um, and to touch on your point before, we've absolutely seen the best of him. I mean, he is, he is really hold, tr- struggling to hold it together now. Um, but just simply seeing him out there is, is inspiring on one hand and it attracts a massive audience that the PGA Tour could only dream of another player being able to replicate that in the future. And I don't think we'll see anyone else uh, produce the sort of pulling power that Tiger Woods does and has. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're on the money too. And when you think that uh, the best day PGA Tour can muscle up is uh, a bit of a, a Barney with Deshambo or someone else, you know, the, the uh, is it Deshambo and Spieth going at each other all the time? Is it, is it those two that are always going at each other? Yeah, I think so. Who cares? Brooks They've got they've got um, little beefs going, and it's a, a, and like Gordy's saying about having that next wave kind of come through. There, I'm sure there are people who are frustrated that Tiger comes and takes the spotlight. Well, it's it's up to the others to do so. I mean. Tiger wasn't handed it on a silver platter. He captured the imagination and, and grabbed it. It's up to this next generation. And there's been years and years for people to grab um, the imagination, be that headliner. Um, we thought for a little while, while maybe Rory McIlroy could, but it wasn't, wasn't up to that uh, level. No, but no one is going to be up to Tiger's level. We need to make sure we don't judge the golfers to that because it's like the, uh, the boxers and um, either Tyson or Ali. It, it doesn't work. Uh, good, good, good group on the first two days: Tiger, uh, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. The review into Cycling New Zealand. I said earlier on today, Gordy, that I, I just I couldn't stomach an apology from the chairman of Cycling New Zealand saying, "I'm sorry, we're sorry." When a life has been lost, how many times do you have to go through this? I, I struggle big time with this. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you talk on one hand about cycling. I, I for me, I'm I'm looking squarely at high performance sport in New Zealand here and the government. You know. Cycling has had two reviews, but sport in this country has had... I mean, I've lost count. I'm sure you have too, and and I'm sure all your listeners have as well. Across the the myriad sports that have been subjected to reviews in recent years, you know, we've had rugby, football, hockey, you name it. The common thread of all of them is high-performance sport New Zealand, and that's where the accountability lies. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I was stunned with Rayland Castle's... um, her, her demeanour the other day fronting that press conference, she was so she was abrasive, she was defensive, uh, she wasn't really prepared to admit any failings on, on high performance sport New Zealand's part and I think that's a mistake personally and that needs to be subjected to, to more more criticism I think and, and even some of the 
Some of the findings of this review, you know, one in particular that really stood out for me was this, this claim that within cycling there's a culture of shoulder tapping and jobs for mates. Well, I'll tell you what, you take a look through the, uh, the hirings at uh, High Performance Sport New Zealand in, re- in recent years. My goodness, I mean, where, where do you start? I mean, Steve Chu for one, Kate Sexton for another. Kate Sexton, that, that appointment is, really needs to come under, under the microscope personally. Uh, Kate Sexton, I don't know if you, your listeners will know about this, but Kate Sexton is the former head of women's rugby at New Zealand Rugby. Now, she left her role earlier this year. That was shortly before the Black Ferns environment, of course, the, the one that she oversaw ultimately, uh, was the subject of a review which identified a, a, a series of issues, but one of them including, and I quote, health and well-being gaps in the environment for players and management. Now, how on earth is she then appointed as the well-being and engagement lead at High Performance Sport New Zealand? That absolutely needs needs explaining. And what sort of message does that send to athletes out there? That someone like her, who has as recently as this year been well and truly implicated in a review that has highlighted massive shortcomings in health and well-being. Uh, and, and there's others. I, I could go on. Andrew Matheson as well. He oversaw the cycling environment. He's employed by High Performance Sport New Zealand now. I mean, if that's not jobs for mates, I don't know what is. <clears throat> no, it's a, it's a little cabal. Uh, hold your hold your fire on that one, Sam. We'll take a wee break and come back, and you can have you can fire your your bullets after that one. The panel. with Stephen McIver, Andrew Gordy and Sam Ackerman. Sam, uh, Gordy was very strong before the news break about the review into Cycling New Zealand. What are your thoughts? You know, I spent about 15 years sitting within uh, earshot of uh, of Andrew Gordy and uh, I I can honestly say I have missed... Uh, those passionate outbursts um, that sometimes come unprovoked, uh, but he is uh, a, man who, a man who knows the stuff. I, I've, it's almost enough to get me to drive three hours up uh, to Auckland and spend two hours uh, for the final 500 metres to get to where he is. But uh, I, I'm absolutely of the opinion that uh, there needs to be a high level of accountability. And by accountability, I mean holding people to it. Now, there's accountability right now, right? They're saying, we're owning this, we're going to do these things, we're going to change these things. We've seen this through the countless reviews that Andrew was talking about what I think needs to become part of anything that is, uh, especially uh, through high performance support in New Zealand, uh, through anything taxpayer funded or anything that comes through uh, government support, there needs to be uh, a review of the review, a year's time, six months time, whatever it is, where they have to come forward and publicly show what has changed, do another review to show what has changed along the way. Where we were for 2018 for Cycling New Zealand to now, there was a big you know, hoopla made about we're going to change all this. Now, what happened after that? Where was the accountability to make sure that the things that needed to change in the wider sense, not just the specific sense, uh, were there? So I, I think that there needs to be a new outlook of understanding that when these things are reviewed, whether it's because positive, negative or otherwise, there is legitimate follow-up, public accountability. We have to say we are now that we've done a survey within our ranks and here is what it says. We actually haven't done the job we said we would or we have because here is the evidence that shows it or here is the results that uh, prove it's the case. With XYZ, people get uh, more uh, mental health support, we saw whatever it was. To me, these things become, they go into the ether and then the ranks close again. That's my yeah. concern. No, no, completely. And speaking of the funding, it is budget day today, lads, just to let you know. And there is more money apparently going into mental health. I'm sure Mike King would have a, a big say about that one. Now, Tuesday, 14th of June, Qatar, New Zealand, Costa Rica, 2022 FIFA World Cup Intercontinental Playoff. Danny Hay, who I have big raps on, Andrew, and I hope you agree with me on this one, uh, has named his squad of 26. It sees the return of Marco Rojas. Has he got a side to take us to the Cup? Yeah, I think he has, 
Mac. Um, look, I'm pleased to see that Marco's back. Uh, Marco is, is just such a talented player, and he's too good, frankly, not to be a part of this all-white side. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I know that there is, uh, well, I've certainly heard a few sort of rumours and suggestions about why perhaps he hasn't uh, hasn't been in Danny Hayes' squads, but obviously this season he has managed to convince Danny that uh, he's, he's a positive person to have around the squad and he's, and he's up to the mark. Um, and he's and he's gonna. I would like to think at least play a meaningful part. I, I would like to think that he's not just going there to make up the numbers. That he can uh, he can perhaps even get on the field or or at the very least his experience will come in handy for something like this. So perhaps though more the reason why I think they can get to the cup is it's a very unique situation they face this time around because of COVID. Uh, this is not a two-legged intercontinental class, and that has always been. A massive, massive advantage for whether whether we're playing against a team from Asia, South America, Central America, they always manage to produce a, a an intimidating atmosphere in front of a hungry crowd, a, a footballing crowd, um, and I think we've we've always seen that really, haven't we? we? We saw it against Mexico, we saw it against Peru, and you would like you would think that if this was a, a normal situation, a two-legged playoff that absolutely the All-Whites would face a very intense atmosphere in Costa Rica. It's not going to be like that this time. You know, it's not 180 minutes of football, it's 90 minutes of football. Um, so a shorter, a shorter match, I suppose you could say, really does open up the, the opportunity for an upset. And, and let's be clear, it would be an upset. Costa Rica are a, are a very strong footballing nation. They will be expecting to beat New Zealand and advance to the World Cup. But with players that we have here. Michael Boxall, Winston Reid at the back. Uh, there is a strong spine, Chris Wood up the front. But these guys can, can produce. And they're not just going to hold out Costa Rica. They will go and they will aim to win this game. They'll aim to win it in the 90 minutes by scoring goals. Um, and I think they can do it. Um, it's, it would be an upset, like I say, that they can absolutely do it. It is a strong chance of getting to a World Cup. And I would say probably the strongest um, in eight years. A stronger chance, certainly, than when we face Mexico and, and Peru as well. Excuse me, the coughing, lads. Uh, before I get to uh, um, Sam, I want to ask you the importance of Ollie's sale. Could he be the talisman? Gordy, that was for you. Oh, oh beg your pardon, mate. Beg your pardon. Um, Ollie's sale, yeah, look, I mean, Ollie's sale's been in great form, hasn't he, for, for the Wellington Theatre? I still. Oh, no, I still feel like Stefan Marinovic perhaps deserves to be the All-Whites number one. It'll be really interesting to see, actually, over, over the course of these build-up games as well. And that's another point as well worth touching on. Uh, build-up games to this, to this playoff against Peru, and I think one other still to be named. That's the sort of opposition they need to be facing, the, 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 the standard of opposition they need to be meeting uh, ahead of a game like this. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just, just to close off your point, I'm, I'm not really sure who I'd have my money on out of those two. But, look, it's really it's a good thing for Danny Hay. You think that's when he had, you know, when the All-Whites had Mark Hatston and, and Glenn Moss. That was, that was two players genuinely competing for a position. Um, and, obviously, when you think back to the World Cup, you know, it was only, it was only a, an administrative era, really, that, that saw Mark Hatston even play at the World Cup, and he, and he performed with complete distinction um, and perhaps that's the kind of competition we need in this all-white squad between Marinovic and Oli Sale and, and to be honest I think Danny Hay and I think most all-white fans would be comfortable whichever of those two ends up being in goal Sammy what do you make of this this uh, Costa Rican match? Does it, are you excited about it? 
<coughs> like, G- Gordy's obviously uh, far more uh, uh, educated on this than I. My, my extent of uh, football knowledge at the moment is uh, assertively uh, maintaining the the offside line for the uh, for the Tonga City Orcas uh, in the uh, ninth grade. But beso- beso- besides that, what I'm excited about is the All Whites having time in camp, like the, the long time in camp where they need to be, rather than uh, pulling them together quickly, whip them together for a couple of training sessions yeah. before they play a game here, then fly to the other side of the world into a Impressive heat, let alone impressive crowds. I always thought that was setting the uh, setting them up for failure. It was a really difficult situation for them to overcome. Uh, so I, I love the idea of just being based in the place where they're going to play. It removes, I suppose, excuses, but it also removes any of the uh, the obstacles to allow them to perform at their peak. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I have a, a complete faith that the uh, All Whites are capable of doing it, but uh, we, it's, we can get really whipped up into the moment, and we've got to keep remembering that Costa Rica are not mugs. They a good footballing side. Even I know that, and they're going to uh, be a, a tough obstacle to climb. So I'm, I'm excited for the All Whites' chances, uh, and I know that uh, me and my young fella will be watching. But uh, I, I, um, I just, yeah. I try not to count my chickens before it catches when it comes to World Cup. <laughs> nah, fair play, uh, Gordy. I'm, I'm a big fan of Danny. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Danny. I, I like Danny. I think, uh, I, I think one of the things I like about Danny. is He's, he's been there, right? He's, he's been a player on the world stage. Now, I'm not for, for a second suggesting that being a good player makes you a, a good coach. Yeah. It doesn't. But I think Danny has has been there and done that as a player. He's he's And he's and he's then worn the right path as a coach. You know, he's been through the ranks. He's, he's been an under-17 coach, and, and he's, he's bided his time, I suppose. He's, he's been around good people. He's, he's understood what good environments need to look like. Um, and I would like to think that, especially with people like Chris Wood and Winston Reid, Michael Boxall, these are all experienced pros that are good people as well. These are not egomaniacs, you know, and, and that's, that's sometimes I think where you can get a troubling environment where you have senior players who, who really uh, dominate the environment through, through ego, um, and I don't think you get that with any of those players. So I, I, I would expect at the moment that... Danny and those senior players would be driving a fantastic culture. They've got very, very talented young players within that squad. I mean, we could we could sit here all day and, and talk about them all. I mean, it's unfortunate that they're not going to have Safari Singh and Ryan Thomas, like especially Ryan. I just hold that guy in the highest regard. It's been such a shame, um, the sort of injury problems that he has had. But they have some seriously talented young players who are playing in the right sort of competitions, um, they're playing a completely different style of football now. And, yeah, I think, um, you know, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to go and win a World Cup or anything like that. And, and like Sam says, I'm certainly not expecting that they will they will beat Costa Rica and, and get to the World Cup, but I, but I think we can be more than hopeful. All right, just briefly, I say, I say briefly because Gordy's gone on about the footy, uh, Sam, but, but fair play too because he's been on fire this morning. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors, the Warriors, mud or not? Uh, not mud, but um, I wouldn't say that, uh, that they're doing great at the moment. Um, then I, I, I give the Warriors credit for the fact that they came back uh, the way they did against South because we saw against uh, teams like the uh, the Raiders uh, so the uh, the um, Storm previously that uh, they can get themselves uh, in a bad deep hole and find, their, uh, find it tough to get out. They didn't need to push all the way back, but they did. 
uh, and while while you can question whether you know South went off the boil, whatever, they still made that happen. The schoolboy stuff in the first half is exhausting to watch, uh, and I've always defended the Warriors as taking you on an emotional roller coaster. I've always said it's like watching Game of Thrones compared to watching Seinfeld. You know, you never know what's going to happen as your fa- <laughs> your favourite character can get killed off. It's it's intense, right? You don't you don't just sit on your hands with the Warriors game. You feel emotion, whether that is frustration or joy, whatever it is, you get something out of it. I, I I'm not expecting big things out of the Warriors this year. Uh, I don't think that this is uh, quote unquote anyone's year. I think it's a team uh, that uh, has to really put the grind in to achieve anything. Uh, and look, they're only a couple of wins away from uh, being in the top four. They're also only a couple of losses away from being the wooden spoon. So they're they're right in the middle. They're right in the middle, and everything goes whichever way they want. They are the masters of their destiny, and they can play well enough to get wins. They just have to stay uh, stay intense in games, and they're not doing great at that. Okay, Sammy, this is a quick yes or no question. I'm running out of time. Time for a coach change? No, not yet. Get right out of the season. No. All right, Gordy, Sam, pleasure as always talking to you, lads. Uh, take it easy. Have a lovely Wednesday. Cheers, guys. See you, Stephen. Take care, mate. Yeah, you're a good boys. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.